Hello, and welcome to the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma TraumaCast series. I'm your host, Dr. Edward Kelly, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Harvard Medical School in the Division of Trauma, Burns, and Surgical Critical Care at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Today we are joined by Dr. Adrian A. Mong, Assistant Professor of Surgery in the Division of Trauma, Surgical Critical Care, and Surgical Emergencies at the Department of Surgery, Yale School of Medicine. Dr. Mong will be discussing his recent paper entitled, Compared to Conventional Ventilation, Airway Pressure Release Ventilation May Increase Ventilator Days in Trauma Patients. And this was published in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery. Dr. Mong, by way of background for our listeners, who may not have experience with APRV, can you describe how and why this mode is used in your hands? So, I mean, APRV has been around for at least two decades, and it's a form of ventilation that uses a modified version of continuous positive air pressure that cycles between P high and P low. And it's an open lung model that is promotes spontaneous breathing, allows spontaneous breathing during the respiratory cycle. So we tend to use it uh, in a bimodal distribution. We tend to use it as a rescue for hypoxemia, but we also tend to use it as a uh, primarily um, mode of ventilation for some of our patients, including those who have chest trauma or uh, acute lung injury, or, or in, in general in, in patients. So this was a uh, retrospective uh, chart review study. We specifically focused on adult trauma patients only, so we excluded emergency general surgery and other patients. So we specifically looked at trauma patients. Uh, we excluded those patients who were ventilated for less than 24 hours because we were kind of interested in APRV as a mode of weaning as opposed to those patients who get quickly intubated because of intoxication or for whatever reasons and they quickly get extubated. So we excluded that group. And then we specifically looked at patients who were uh, either primarily ventilated on APRV or switched to APRV from another mode. And we limited the mode uh, changes to just one ventilator mode change to kind of be able to compare how does weaning on APRV compare to weaning on uh, traditional uh, volume cycled uh, AC ventilation. So this was, this was a retrospective chart review. We looked at, uh, we started off uh, and we also excluded uh, non-survivors. So we, so we're, we were left with a population of about 309 patients, and then we looked at uh, the final weaning mode and compared to groups in terms of both patient characteristics as well as um, respiratory parameters such as P2F ratios, and then we looked at the ventilator days as the... Uh, so this was a uh, retrospective uh, chart review study. We specifically focused on adult trauma patients only, so we excluded emergency general surgery and other patients. So we specifically looked at trauma patients. Uh, we excluded those patients who were ventilated for less than 24 hours because we were kind of interested in APRV as a mode of weaning as opposed to those patients who get quickly intubated because of intoxication or for whatever reasons and they quickly get extubated. So we excluded that group. Uh, do you have specific strict criteria or is this mostly a clinical judgment question? Uh, it's more of a clinical judgment, and especially after having reviewed this data and, and publishing it, um, I have started to use APR more of as a rescue therapy. So those patients will become hypoxemic, we have increasing problems with um, increasing FiO2, or we started going up on PEEP. I mean, at, at this point, I rarely go to PEEP of 10. At that point, I transition patients to APRV. Dr. Mong, how did you uh, select the four-year period uh, for review? Uh, was there any uh, adoption of new technologies or uh, new expertise um, that changed uh, at the beginning of that period? 
so we, part of the 40 year period was mostly practical. That was kind of when our uh, security database came online. We were a little more robust to be able to identify patients. But also because we were at a core of practitioners that were familiar with APRE, so this was not a new technique for us. And people who didn't have, use it previously in their training had at least a couple of years as attending to get used to the time period. So it was, and during that four year time period, we didn't really have any changes in terms of um, staff being unfamiliar with APRV or any uh, other major clinical changes. So it was a stable period of four years. And all the ventilators were the same brand and model? Yes. Um, the database software that you used, that, that you adopted earlier uh, in the uh, um, course of the trial, uh, did this enable you to capture ventilator days and ventilator-associated complications? No. So the, the database uh, identified patients who were admitted to the ICU and, you know, what identified the subset that was trauma patients, but the ventilator days and other stuff were abstracted directly from the medical record, which was electronic at this point. Um, in uh, your paper, uh, it indicates that the um, patients who underwent uh, the majority of their um, uh, ventilatory support with airway pressure release ventilation did have higher injury severity scores and higher chest abbreviated injury scores than patients that were primarily uh, ventilated on a, um, volume cycle assist control ventilation. Do you think that association was reflected in the results? So, I mean, Certainly the discrepancy between the two groups uh, with regards to ISS and the chest IS scores does uh, limit the uh, conclusions of the paper, and I think there is a, a potential bias that it introduces into the, into the results. We did, uh, as we'll discuss later, we did uh, account for this using uh, statistical methods to try to make uh, sure we're making fair comparisons. I'd like to discuss the results of the paper. Um, as we uh, discussed in the uh, method section, there were 75 patients who primarily underwent uh, weaning from uh, airway pressure release ventilation and 234 that underwent their weaning uh, from uh, assist control ventilation mode. Um, first of all, uh, can, you, can I ask you, uh, was there a specific uh, protocol for weaning uh, in use during this time? So unfortunately, there were no specific protocols for either APRV or uh, volume cycle ventilation that were in uh, use, and I think that that's another limitation to study and potentially um, could be improved for using protocols, but there was no specific protocol for weaning. It was based on clinical judgment, um, mainly by the attending and fellow um, taking care of the patient. As uh, your results show, uh, those 75 uh, patients uh, weaned from the airway pressure uh, release mode experienced a longer time uh, in the ventilator. Uh, uh, could you uh, summarize those results and, and put those into context? So as I, my primary outcome was the ventilator days uh, and the patients who were weaned successfully on APRV spent 19.6 uh, on average days uh, on the ventilator compared to 10.7. It's almost a two-fold difference. Um, when we looked at uh, some of the things, complications such as pneumonia, there was a um, trend towards increased pneumonia in the APRV group. Uh, there was a increased need for tracheostomy in the APRV group compared to the uh, volume cycle uh, patients as well. Given the presence of uh, confounding variables in the uh, uh, airway pressure release group uh, due to higher injury severity scores, do you think the um, longer days on ventilator um, could be 
separated from the APRV effect, from the uh, confounding variables effect by, stati by further statistical data, or do you think a larger uh, uh, number of uh, patients uh, would reflect a potential difference related to APRV alone versus the confounding variables? I think certainly having more patients would be helpful. Um, the statistical analysis we did did sort of um, indicate that APRV as a weaning mode itself was an independent predictor for a length of uh, length days on a ventilator. But, uh, but it is difficult to adjust for confounding factors and, uh, you know, multiple regression is a, is a valid method to do that. Um, the purpose of your study was to uh, identify the um, potential to wean patients from APRV, uh, and therefore you excluded uh, those patients uh, that had short-term mortality. Do you think that this um, may skew other uh, studies in terms of a survival bias or the reverse, a death bias, in the time to wean? I mean, when studying ventilator methods, I think there are two separate questions that you're trying to answer. Is the mode of ventilation uh, quick and you be able to wean very quickly, which is what we focused on, or does it have any actually impact on um, mortality or, or, or outcomes? And specifically, you wanted to be interested in the process of weaning, and that's why we excluded patients who were, um, who were not survivors. Using these uh, results to guide a potential prospective trial, Based on the, the data that we now know from your study, how would you construct such a trial? So ultimately, what is lacking in uh, literature on APRV is a large enough uh, prospective randomized controlled trial to be able to compare APRV to other mode of ventilation. Um, and so to do that, uh, you would have to randomize patients, all patients, uh, at the beginning when they get intubated or in an emergency room or an intensive care unit. and then treat them as intention to treat either on APRV till successful extubation or on cis control uh, till uh, successful extubation be able to kind of compare, compare the two groups uh, and have them be similar. Has the results of this study uh, uh, prompted you and your colleagues to change your practice in terms of the adoption of airway pressure release ventilation for trauma patients? Uh, we have. I mean, we use it more primarily now as a rescue mode of ventilation for those patients who are hypoxemic. Uh, albeit with the caveat that looking forward, we would like to look at this more prospectively. So we may, in a trial setting, start using it more as a primary mode of ventilation. Do you now switch back from APRV to a, once the patient has had better lung recovery, to a, a different mode of ventilation that may? Uh, we, we do. We sort of, when the hypoxemia is resolved and we're getting uh, better oxygenation at lower uh, pressures, we tend to switch them back to to volume cycle ventilation. And Given that a fair number of these patients required tracheotomy, do you have a protocoled approach to tracheotomy for uh, patients after a certain number of ventilator days or a certain amount of ventilator support? Uh, we do. I mean, we tend to go with tracheostomy somewhere around the 7 to 10 days on, on, on ventilator days, as long as they can tolerate uh, the procedure itself. Your study indicates that um, the uh, benefits of airway pressure release ventilation may not be associated with a more abbreviated wean. Do you think that um, further trials should be geared towards uh, identifying other benefits of airway pressure release ventilation in trauma patients? 
I do. I mean, I think in general, more trials are required for APRE. We have a um, fair amount of animal data and physiological data on the use of APRE and its improvement in oxygenation and lung recruitment. But what the literature is lacking, despite the increasing use of APRE in units, uh, both medicine, surgical, as well as trauma, is actually outcome data on the use of APRE from a mortality standpoint, but also on these parameters that are important, such as complication rates and ventilator uh, stays. And this will ultimately need to be studied in a prospective randomized control trial. Thank you, Dr. Mong, for uh, taking the uh, time to uh, discuss your paper with us today, and congratulations for the uh, largest uh, study to date published on the use of airway pressure release ventilation in trauma patients. Thank you for allowing me uh, to discuss uh, this paper. This concludes another edition of the East TraumaCast series. For copyright information and disclaimers, please visit www.east.org. For the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, I'm Dr. Ed Kelly.